because they always live, right? You ever hear of a janitor getting shot during a fucking... You never hear about the janitor getting shot, man. You never. They're always... I don't know what the fuck they're doing during the fucking mass shootings because they're never getting shot. Those motherfuckers. What the fuck, man? I feel like like the, the Navy should like train them like on some and make them like a special, I don't know, SEAL Team 6 period. That's, that's, that's what all that was about right there. That last line, that's what all that was about. That's it right there. This is the third time I do it and no one laughs, but you know what? Fuck it. San Francisco, what's up, man? Hey, you, you ever heard that song, uh, uh, the CZ Top song? All the girls crazy about a sharp dress, man. Well, your next comic, man, is probably the sharpest dress man in here tonight. Uh, he's from Portland, man. He's very funny. Give it up for Isaac Pendergrass. Don't seen, and you know that I'm busting. Trying to send shots, but I know that you coming. And I try to call your phone, but know that you stunning. Sending all the niggas after crib. How the fuck did I get here? <laughs> Everybody is high. Yeah, me, me and this guy look like we just uh, were on our way to our barbershop quartet practice. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but but my, my dad used to smoke a little herb late at night when he thought I was asleep, so right now it really feels like home, so just want you to know that. Uh, but but uh, a couple weeks ago, I was I drove down to a uh, Walmart in Woodburn, Oregon. N- not because I hate myself. Uh, no, it's uh, it's because I wanted to get a little taste of what it would be like if the South actually did rise again. You know, yeah, yeah. I I, I was not disappointed. I don't know if you guys have it here, but in Portland, we have guys with uh, Confederate flags on their jeeps. Yeah, it pro- probably wouldn't work here. Um, <laughs> It, it works in Portland, though, but I think that's, I think that's where they come from, that, that Walmart. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were all there. They were all there. Uh, but while I was there, uh, a couple spaces down from me, there was this couple, and they were, they were really going at it. I mean, it was, it was really heavy. Uh, judging from the events unfolding before me, uh, sex was imminent. Yeah. Uh, and that, that really upset me because I had my kids in the back seat. And I couldn't really watch it the way I wanted to, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that joke works better in Portland. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, um, I, like I said, I have two kids, and they are getting older, which apparently is a minimum bar you have to clear in order to be a good parent. Yeah. The kids need to be getting older. You guys don't agree? No. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, I'm trying to be a good dad, but it's getting interesting. Uh, just the other day, my daughter came into the room, and she was trying to explain to me how her little brother's Paw Patrol episodes have gotten so much more mature, so much so that she can now sit down and watch them with him. And it was in that moment that I realized that you can love your kids with all your heart and still not give a shit about what they're talking about, <laughs> you know? That was a very freeing moment for me, you know? I knew I knew I could do it with my wife, but I uh, I hadn't discovered that it worked for the kids yet. Um, man, I wasted seven years on that kid. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, and again, like I said, it's it's getting interesting, uh, challenging. Again, my daughter. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I found out that her favorite artist is R. Kelly. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys understand? Wait, wait, not 
not bump and grind R. Kelly. I'm talking about I believe I can fly R. Kelly, all right? I'm a good parent, guys. Come on, <laughs> give me some credit. <laughs> unfortunately, both of those R. Kellys like to piss on children. Um, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> And my son, my son, he's a he's a, a a fan of the police. Yeah, no, not Sting, not Sting, the the actual police. And sometimes we're driving around, and I'll see the cops, and I'm like, oh shit, it's the cops. And his head will pop up in the back seat, and be like, where, Dad? And then other times he'll see him first. He's like, it's the cops, Dad. And I'm like, oh shit. But but you know, at least at least there's two of us looking for him, you know. Yeah. I feel safer. <laughs> All right, so how's everybody doing tonight? All right. Give it up for Pedro one time. Yeah. Um, how's everybody doing with uh, Trump? Trump, no? Not, not so good? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kevin, I got you. <laughs> nah. Now, I, uh, uh, due, due to our current reality, I've been watching a lot of horror movies to relax, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Say, have you ever noticed that every haunted house movie is essentially about two white families fighting over real estate? Yeah. You notice? You notice that? Yeah. Yeah, but, but the thing is, one of those white families is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Can you comprehend the level of privilege in that premise? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, he got it. he got that right away. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but um, yeah, it, it's it's disgusting, man. It's really disgusting. Um, well, I I don't think you guys heard me. There's a there's a dead white family that thinks it has the right to live in a house that's just been bought by another white family. Mm -hmm. And and if that's not bad enough, there's a living white family who's in fear of being murdered by said dead white family. And they're thinking, eh, we can make this work. Yeah. Every single movie. And and the, the living white family does everything to get the dead white family to move out. Everything. Sometimes they bring in Native Americans to do chants. Sometimes holy water, crosses, priests, everything. I'm I'm just a little disappointed that they never moved a black family in next door. You know? <laughs> really? Is that what I get for that? That's <laughs> I think I think that deserved better. <laughs> no, but I think we know why they didn't do that, right? Yeah, they, they both have to move out, right? Yeah, all right. All right okay, but let me be clear. Uh, my wife hates that joke, so I want, I want to get it clear that uh, the black family is an upstanding black family, and they will bring the property value up in that neighborhood, okay? All right. The ghosts are racist, all right? <laughs> ah, all right. Um, you know, say what you will about the Trump administration. Uh, they, okay, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, they they are doing things that I never thought were possible. I mean, they've created something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, and that's uh, sad white people. Yeah. <laughs> you guys seen them? You seen? Them? I mean, Facebook's full of them. Portland's full of them. Uh, San Francisco's got to be full of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know. 
a friend of mine, a white friend, called me up just after the election, and he said, uh, "Isaac, I am. I'm feeling a feeling, and I don't know what it is." Yeah, it was sad. Um, he said, I, "I, I think it may be oppression." Yeah, <laughs> oppression. <laughs> I calmed it down a bit. I was like, "No, nah, it's uh, I think what you're experiencing right now is what most uh, most other races refer to as sadness." You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from that. <laughs> Got a lot of sad white people in here tonight. Uh, all right, uh, so you probably you guys probably gather that I am from the south. No, well, okay, good. <laughs> so I, I like to make a little fun of the south, just just a little bit. Um, uh, did Did you guys hear about the brain eating amoeba in Georgia? No. One person? Uh, well, it's okay if you didn't hear about it. It went by really quickly, apparently. There wasn't enough uh, food there for it. No? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. That's a, that's a dumb Georgia joke. <laughs> uh, also, in my hometown of South Carolina, um, uh, the officials there busted up a child sex ring. It was a child sex thing. They busted it up. I, I went online and looked at the mugshots, and there were about 25 perpetrators in total. There were about nine black guys, and the rest were all white guys. And I, I just thought it was really nice that there was something that could bring us together like that, you know? I always knew it would be the children, you know? Mm. <laughs> It's okay, guys. You don't like that, do you? <laughs> I, I apologize. Um, yeah, that's a terrible joke. It's a, I get it. I know it's a, it's a, it's a terrible joke. But I, I want to be real with you. Um, the reason why I look at the mugshots, I told you that I'm from South Carolina. Um, and I don't get to make it home very often. So sometimes I just hope that just maybe... I'll see a family member. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that is my time. Thank you very much. That's it. Give it up for Isaac Pendergrass, Kevin Monroe. Jay Wook from Sacramento, Kevin Paniagua. I've been your host, Pedro Andrade. Thank you so much. Hey, stick around for the next show, Only Girls Allowed. Uh, it's going to be dope, so y'all know what to do. Good night. I got 30 seconds, spin the beat in and out. Got my dope bag, feel well, all this money. You know how. Got, got the all on me. Uh, we're going to take, like, we're going to take a 10 minute break in between. If you've already paid, hang out. If you're a comic, please hang out. Next show is going to be all ladies. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yay! If you are, if you're a comic here and you haven't gotten your bag yet, find me. I'll give you your bag. It's going to be rad. Yay! No, that's a mission. That's a mission. And they start chasing us, trying to shoot, trying to You got my hive in the suit of green, family mashed potatoes and a ton of greens, I say. Good evening.
morning, good morning, good afternoon, good everything. How's it all going today? Uh, cool. Welcome to Muni Radio. Welcome to uh, G Money and Wustein. Um, we're going to do the regular show for the first hour, and I think paralegal jeff is on assignment and he may be here for the second hour we will see we will play a little catch up find out what he's been up to um so let's quick run the uh the specs or you know what the fuck and we're, we'll get the news and we'll pump it out real quick today all right here we go i want your man the way i feel in me I'm gonna explode You mean you're gonna explode I'm gonna explode Watch out I'm gonna explode Like atomic are nearing their destination in Tibet, the criminal thinking that Clint and Barney are no more. Meanwhile, the boys have captured the crew left in the secret hangar and from Chang, one of their number, learn that the octopus is flying to the great mountain range, Nian Cheng Tang La, otherwise known as the spirit of the expanse of great fear. Quickly, the boys lead Chang to a large map of Asia which is hung on the wall of the room they're in and ask him to point out the exact spot where the octopus plans to land. There you are, Chang. Point it out to us and make sure you show us the right spot. Oh, yes. It is here. You would call it the Black Pass. The Black Pass? A good hangout for the octopus, if you ask me, Clint. Oh, uh, yes. Get the latitude and longitude of the spot, Barney, while I telephone Ying. I want to know if he's getting the information on that six-passenger monoplane that we're going to use on our Tibetan flight. I'll also let Dr. Kingsley know that we're all right. Okay, pal. Now, you 
look close and make sure that that spot on the map is Black Pass, Chang, and then I'll get all the dope on paper. What can I do, Barney? Sit down and rest while you can, Speed. And you too, Bob. This may be the last time you can do it. Now come close to the map again, Chang, and give me the lowdown. How does your head feel, Bob? Oh, great, Speed. I guess I must have a tough one. Scarcely know I'd ever been hit. I sure hope you can come to Tibet with us. With what you know about engineering on top of what Marsh's brother told you about his surveying plans there, you should be a big help. I hope I can go, too. I'm anxious to know what happened to Larry Winfield and if he's alive at all. He'll be there, I'm certain of that. Wouldn't Miss Marsh will be there, too? Probably. I sure hope she's all right. She's great, Bob. You'd like her a lot. I know I would, Speed. Judging by your picture and by what Larry told me about her. She was as brave as anything on the way over here on the China Clipper when the octopus was doing everything possible to turn us back. And now it's up to us to rescue her. Yeah. You know, much as I'd heard about the octopus and what he did, I never thought anybody could be as much of a sneaking rat as he is. And if you'd known then as much as you know now, Speed, would you have wanted to join the secret police? Would you have wanted to walk into such danger? Wanted to? See, I would have wanted to all the more. I've been talking a lot to the fellas back home when I was there, and we all say that gangsters like the octopus and his gang aren't brave or colorful or anything else. The only color they have is yellow, clean through. The sooner we get rid of them, the better off everybody will be. a boy, Speed. We'll certainly do our part to get rid of the octopus. Yeah. Makes me sore that he got away from us this last time. But maybe it'll turn out all right after all. By following him, we'll probably find Miss Marcia. Yeah, I guess I got it all straight now. You through, Barney? Yeah, unless Chang here can tell us any more. Oh, no. Chang tell you all he knows. You know, he spoke us about smuggling Chinese from Tibet over the Himalayan mountains into India. How about him giving us that route, too? Then we can bottle that exit up on the octopus. It's a good idea. Yeah, but that'll take more time than we got right now. I think we ought to see what Clint learned from Ying and then get back to town as quick as possible. We can take Chang along with us for more questioning. While we're talking things over with Clint, we can leave him locked up in this room. You think he'll stay in here, Barney? Oh, sure. Only way out is that door. We can keep an eye on that all the while we're in the hangar. He wouldn't get far if he tried anything. Oh, no. Chang, stay here. Chang want to stay with police. Now he told Octopus' friend. Chang, afraid. Well, you just keep on being afraid. And don't try any funny stuff while we're gone, do you hear? Oh, you're so tall, Chang, Chang. To make sure nobody else hears, I'm going to wreck this short wave set. Okay. Come on, then, you guys. Nobody will talk over that set again. Look, the ambulances from Hong Kong have arrived already. So it didn't take them long to get here. Now, guess that'll hold him. Only wish I had the octopus in there, too. Believe me, if we did, I'd break every... One move. Yes, Master. Call the hangar over the shortwave set. I want to make sure that all is well there. Yes, Master. Is this set on? Yes, I switched it on shortly after taking off. OC-1 calling OC-23. OC-1 calling OC-23. Standing by for a two-way conversation. Give the operator time to tune in. OC-1 calling OC-23. Standing by for a two-way conversation. Come in immediately, please. 
I do not answer, master. Mm, strange. Even if the others had gone, there is always a man by the hangar short wave, sir. I've given strict orders. Try them again. OC-1 calling OC-23. OC-1 calling OC-23. Standing by. Come in, please. Still he does not answer. One who? Something has gone wrong. I hear so, Master. What shall be done? Under other circumstances, I would send some of my planes back to the hangar to see what has happened. But now I must hold them to their course. Regardless of what has happened at the Hong Kong secret hangar, we shall continue on to the Black Pass in Tibet. Once there, or perhaps before we reach there, my men shall find a way of letting me know what has happened. Meanwhile, we shall prepare for a possible attack in the Black Pass. Would it not be better to change our course, to go directly to your headquarters instead of to the mountain station? No. I am taking no chances, Quan Wu. And our exit was so hurried that I had no time to make plans to get in touch with all my Tibetan band. That I must do before setting foot in my headquarters. I want everything to be ready and running smoothly. So that we can begin our operations immediately? Yes. As I said, we shall prepare for a possible attack in Black Pass. But we shall not stay there any longer than necessary. And whoever may follow us, should they learn of our destination, will find the pass windy and desolate. <laughs> Providing they do not find us there, they will learn too late that their lives are ended. There's Clint now. Yeah, what's the news from home, pal? Well, important news, boys. Ying, Cable Chief Riley, is the possibility of us following the octopus into Tibet. And the chief cabled back to follow through to the end. So now that we have an official okay, there's nothing to stop us. Nothing but the octopus and his gang. What about that monoplane, Clint? Uh, Ying is seeing to it. It'll be ready as soon as we want it. Is he going with us? Well, I doubt it, Bob. Uh, he's our chief man in China. It's important that he remain in Hong Kong to back up our operations in Tibet. I can't say for certain as to that, however. Depends on what happens before we return to the city. What about Doc Kingsley? Well, he was very relieved to hear from us and so worried over the whole affair that I didn't dare tell him what actually occurred. You know, I wish there was Hi. some way of getting him and Gene to Hi. safety. Hi. And I knowing that the octopus couldn't reach out for them. You really think you'll take him on our flight, Clint? I don't know. Depends mostly on what the doctor says. The doctor himself would be a valuable addition to our party, knowing Asia as well as he does and being a physician to boot. It's Gene that I'm worried about. Suffering Wang. Oh, but I wasn't talking to you. Seems like there should be some safety. Hey, okay. Cool. This trip ain't going to be anything for a little girl. Yes, but I know the doctor would never consent to having her out of his sight. She faced actual death in their home. I think you'd rather risk taking her on the flight than leaving her in Hong Kong. Maybe we could find a safe place to leave her in Tibet. No, if she started off with us, she'd stay with us. She did come along, however. I'm hoping we might locate Marshall Winfield. Then I could leave both Marshall and Gene in Bob's care, and we could track the octopus down without any worry as to their safety. By the way, Bob said we ought to ask Chang Hello? about the smuggling route between Tibet and Hello? India. Oh. Figured maybe we okay, could yeah, have this the one sounds gang like, there yeah. if we boom, failed boom. to find him at Black right, yeah. Pass. Sure Can you hear me? Oh, uh, where is Chang, incidentally? Back in the office. We locked him in. You know, I don't trust him. 
And still he's right, so scared so that he may have been telling us the truth. You mean all those directions about the right. mountains called the spirit of the expanse of great fear might have been all wrong? Yeah, but all we can do is follow one clue or another, Steve. And sooner or later we'll catch up with the audience. I see the wounded are all in the ambulances now. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> you know those Hong Kong police are great fellows, aren't they? Wounded though they were, they were laughing at the bad marksmanship of the octopus gunners. Laughing? What a sense of humor. Well, I guess you get that way if you hang around Hong Kong long enough and happen to be on the police force. <laughs> Say, Clint, have you happened to find anything to eat around here? I'm getting darn hungry. Golly, it has been a long time since breakfast, hasn't it? I was so excited about everything that I forgot all about eating until Bob talked about it just now. I could use a little grub myself. How's about collecting Chang and scooting back to town for a real feed, Clint? It'll take a little time before we can take off for Tibet, and we still gotta eat. Well, all right, and everything's just about... Hi, everyone. This is Sima Lieberman, The Inclusionist, with Everyday Conversations on Race for Everyday People. And I am excited about my show today because this is December 31st, 2018. Now, many of you who are listening and not listening to this show on live stream will hear this after New Year's, but it's still relevant. So this is Simmel Lieberman, The Inclusions, with Everyday Conversations on Race for Everyday People, where we bring people together across differences to have conversations on, to have cross conversations on race and show that it can be done. If you have ever wanted to have a conversation about race but were afraid to have one because you were afraid of saying the wrong thing or of not being heard or being trivialized, this podcast is for you. If you want to hear more episodes, please go to www.raceconvo.com. And if you like what you hear today, please share www.raceconvo.com with everybody that you know so we can get our message across of stopping hate, eliminating fear of differences, and spreading love throughout the globe. So today, for my last show of the year and for my recap of the year, I have my good friend, who I'm so happy to have because he's one of the greatest guests, is Leron Barton, who is a well-known writer. Hey, Leron, would you just tell people what some of the subjects are that you write about? Hello, everybody. Uh, can you hear me, Sema? Uh, you, you can't hear me, or can you not hear me? Okay. No, I can't. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Um, I thought that I was um, thought that I was rocking and rolling. Okay, we're trying to figure all this technology out here. Oh, um, okay. You know, let me. Um, oh, I hear uh, you. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Wait a minute. Keep talking. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. We're gonna see if this is a, this is a geo. Um, I think no? I hear you. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, my name is Leron Barton. Uh, I'm a writer, author. Um, I have written two books. Uh, first book is Straight Dope, a 360 degree look into American drug culture. My second book is All We Really Need Is Love, stories of dating, relationships, heartbreak, and marriage. I write essays on mass incarceration, race, politics, gender, and on occasion, I write about dating. <laughs> um, my work has appeared in Salon, The Good Men Project, uh, East Bay Express, Media Diversified, Ravishly, um, SF Bayview, um, gosh, uh, just a whole gaggle of things. You know, you know, not to brag, I, I just just have a hard time remembering. Um, and yeah, no, uh, you know, we're you know, we are in here. Chia, <laughs> so yo, Sema, so uh, I hope everyone can hear me. Um, 
Yeah, you know, like what's uh, what's popping? Is is everything good? Yeah. So I thought that we could do a recap of what's happened this year uh, in terms of conversations about race. So I thought we would start by looking at the phenomenon. I mean, it's not a new phenomenon, but it's a phenomenon that has been getting more, um, what you call it? more attention, more press right. of primarily white people calling Shocker. the police on people of color who are primarily black. Yeah. So I thought we could go with some of the more meaningful. I mean, they're all meaningful, but let's start with Starbucks. So right. let's do a recap of what happened with Starbucks. So I think Starbucks was like the phenomenon that kind of started the whole, you know, white people calling the police on black folks. I mean, for people that do not know, there were three gentlemen, uh, three African-American non-white black people who were waiting for a white friend in Philly, a little disappointed Philadelphia, but um, they were waiting in a Philly Starbucks. And, you know, just, you know, brothers just waiting for their comrade to come, friend, whatever. And the manager, she got suspicious. She got afraid. I don't know why. I mean, these are three college-educated you know, Negroes, but it doesn't matter your education level or what you look like. You are black. So she got afraid. She was she got scared, and she decided to call the police. And the police came, and I, that's when this whole sort of trend, <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, kind of started. It's just after the Starbucks, just white folks just started to just call the police on, on black people for just anything. And I like to look at it as a uh, living while black. So, well, I think it happened. Before before startup before before uh, Starbucks, Starbucks was big because it was a big corporation, and right. they dealt with it a little bit differently than some of the some of the other people that dealt with it. Uh, what Starbucks did, which I thought was pretty cool, is that they what Starbucks did was Starbucks issued an apology, which is okay. I mean, you know, a lot of people will do apologies, which is like, to me, not quite enough because sometimes people apologize just to apologize. Right. But what they then did was they took responsibility for it right. and they then closed Starbucks, what, for about a day and right. had everybody go through bias training. Some old bullshit, though, but all right, go ahead. I mean, you know, of course... We know that that's not enough. But the fact that they did, I think, showed that they felt that it was really important to right. them. And I know a lot of pretty cool diversity people that have worked with Starbucks. Right. So, you know, a lot, some of my friends called me and said, hey, should we boycott Starbucks? And I said, no, because for one thing, if they were willing to take responsibility, now, one of the issues that I see with all of this is in when you hire people, who are you hiring? Right, exactly. I mean, don't you think that you should let people know your values when you hire people? And you should, not that you have to test every single person that they agree with you, but you have to let them know what you stand for and 
you have to maybe talk about some scenarios and start that training real early instead of waiting. Right. But on the other hand, I do say, go ahead on Starbucks, keep it going, don't stop. Uh, I like that, I like that, uh, I think this was even before when Howard Schultz, the old CEO of Starbucks, right. said that he wanted, some of it was a little bit mis, misdone, that he wanted to have people start talking about race, which was, I think the intention was good. Right. But if you don't really know how to do it, it doesn't always work. But on the other hand, if you don't try, you're never going to find out. Well, um, I'm, I'm sorry. So, Simon, let me ask. So you see, you said, well, let me let me back up. First off, like I, I, I really, really like Howard Schultz. I think he's a pretty progressive dude. Uh, just off the strength that he uh, he's I guess there's a policy in Starbucks or some type of uh, an initiative that people will people will have the access to have free college education to go to Starbucks. I, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, um, I liked how he wanted to start the conversation, let's talk about race. You know, it, it, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, for me, um, when, uh, when, when we, when, you know, people say, oh man, it's like, it's so difficult to talk about race, why? I mean, it's like, yeah. for me, it, it it's like, okay, so you are, I mean, look, for starters, no one's ign ignorant. Like, you know, you, like, you know what's right. You know what's not right. Like, you know, don't call me a nigger. Don't call me a jigaboo. Don't think that all black people are basketball players and have, uh, gosh, it, it was something that I learned recently. I was, I was watching this, this film called All on the Line. It's, um, I didn't watch all of it, but so far it was incredible. It's about a, it was set in Canada, and it was a black hockey player going going to this high school, and I mean just the racial tension was just real, and so this white guy, you know, he seems, he seems to be a pretty decent fellow. He's dating this uh, this 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 black girl with a white parent, and he and she's talking to her boyfriend's mother and her boyfriend's mother's racist right she's like well you know you know those people um they care well what they uh, what they have plywood shacks and cadillacs and i was like what so you know obviously you don't want to say something like that right but it's like for me like i just I'm 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 sorry. Like I I don't I don't understand when when people say, "Oh my God, it's so hard to talk about." No, like you know, I've said this uh before on your on your show, Simon. I've spoken with uh with Karen with Karen Fleshman. Shout out to Karen about it. I'm like, you just like respect me as a as a white person. Like yo, like you know, give me that respect, like, and we'll be cool in the gang. I mean, it's like you don't have to treat me any different. It doesn't take a diversity specialist to teach you how to deal. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not alien. We're not um, animali. Like you, you like you dig. Like you know, we're you like we're, we're not, not something. Who? It's a it's a animali. Line. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a line from uh, from uh, from Goodfellas. I, I like where. Um, where um, uh, Paulie is talking to uh, uh, Henry Hill and he's talking about his wife and he's like, come on, we're not Anna Molly. 
And but but it was like, yo, like we're not we're not animals, so I mean, like we're no different from you. Like we put our pants on the same way. We have to go to the toilet. We love good food. Like I, I just, I'm sorry. Like just this. I mean, yes, there are cultural differences, but you know, just having like just like white folks thinking like that. Oh my God, it's so hard to talk about race. Yo, like Simba, let me ask you a question. What what do you think is so hard to the in the conversation about race, are you like, what is it that you believe that trips up white folks? What do I think trips up white folks? Yes, ma'am. I think a couple of things. One is that if you have people, if you have like, say, a white person and who has never had a real conversation with a person of color or with a black person, right? Um, they don't know what to say. Because one, they have their own biases. Uh, hi, how are you? Uh, my name is Laron. Well, like. I'm with you too. Yeah. I, in fact, I was interviewing somebody. Sure, sure. Uh, a woman, a woman, a white woman, and we were talking about having a conversation about race. She says she doesn't really know what to talk to people about. She says, "Well, after you have a conversation about race, then what do we do?" I said, "I don't know. Go to a movie." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you like know, you know, have have a cup something. of coffee. So I think that. Some of the difficulty, of course, some of the difficulty is in people's own minds. That there are a lot of white people, I think, from talking to people, are afraid of saying the wrong thing. Right. And they've built up this idea in their mind where they see people of color, primarily black people, I mean, not only black, but, uh, right. but a lot of times the conversation, that, that's where the conversation goes, is because as a monolith as because there's that theory of like cognitive dissonance where it's like if i make a mistake i personally made a mistake right if you make a mistake it's because you're black the whole team yeah the whole team (laughs) you know it's like you know as a jewish person and i know you 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 see this as a black person anytime there's a big crime committed what's the first thing you say what is the first thing if we're gonna keep it all the way live like i'll uh, like i'll say man i hope that wasn't a brother like you know i always say i hope and jewish people will say oh no i hope it wasn't a jewish person (laughs) right yeah and then when it is you know like like son of sam Okay, like everybody's going, oh my God, I hope Berkowitz, it's not a Jewish right? person. Yeah. yeah. So it turns out he was Jewish. So then, of course, everybody had to then go, well, you know, he was adopted, you know. Oh, yeah. So you, know, you, you have gotta to try to like distance your, uh, yourself from him, right? Right. And But the thing is, I think that for a lot of white people, it's like, I'm the individual. If I'm talking to you, you're every black person in the right. whole world. And, and yes, guess what? If you haven't been around people of color, if you haven't been around any black people, you are going to say something. You're going to make a mistake. But if you don't start talking, you'll never get to find out what's, a, what's good. You'll never be able to have those relationships. You know, it's like how a lot of white people talk about racism. They're anti-racist. But they're never around. But they don't talk to any people of color at all. Right. So... I, I, so I think that's what it is. It's like there's this fear of what's going to happen to me. But then think about yourself. If somebody says something to you about you or your gender or whatever, are you going to yell at them? Or are you going to, well, some people will yell at them. 
Or are you going to try to correct them? Well, I mean, but like Sima, so, you know, all bullshit aside, though, like, I mean, it's 2018. Like, you you still have people saying, like, dumb racist stuff. I mean, <laughs> the the way that I look at it is like it's not it's just, it's just not my job to like teach like racism one 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 I mean like this is stuff that you should know by know by now I mean like I wrote in a recent piece I was like you know the uh, you know the learning curve has changed I mean this isn't racism one 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 you sh- you should know this stuff by now yeah but you know what there's a lot of shoulds okay. there's a lot of shoulds but we have to deal with what is you remember like you know in the sixty people say what it is is what it is. And what it is is what it is is that it isn't. So I, I, I think like that. that I mean, because I talked. I mean, I, I I feel first of all as a white person, and I come. I grew up in the Bronx in a very lower working um, class background. Um, um, and so, um, um, I'm sorry, Summer. Sorry, sorry, Summer. Question for you: uh, What train did you uh, did you take? Oh, I took the. Well, I lived up the up the street from the elevator. I took the D train, the A train, the E train, the F train. Damn. But I lived right certified. by. But I lived right by the D, the D train. All right. And we used to have to go to 125th Street to get change for the A train. But that's train, trains have changed. Right. But um, so I did not grow up in an elitist atmosphere at all. And what I see now is a lot of, and this is not to disparage or make anybody a monolith, but sometimes I see often like white people who are like more like the intellectual type. Right. And they'll talk about, say, working class white people who voted for Trump. Right. But they're not talking to anybody. What, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, they, well, then they put all those people in a monolith. Sure. So for me, because of how I grew up and how I was, and who I was around, I was around a lot of different kinds of people that I feel like it's my responsibility, but I like, you know, but I want to talk to other white people who don't come from like the highly educated elitist backers. Because in fact, some of those people are people that I can relate to the most and that right. I could help educate and I could help change. And then I like to bring people together. You know, I like to bring people together to dialogue, to understand each other because then you have a lot of people of color who maybe they don't have any, you know, they don't, haven't really talked to a lot of, a lot of some of these white people and we need people to see each other as human beings because ultimately what results do I want? Results that I want are I want to eliminate racism. And in order to eliminate racism, I have to also eliminate a lot of fear. Uh, and that's, that's true. For me, because I am... Because, <laughs> thank you. Because Lauren just said that was awesome. Yeah. Um, because I am a white person. I, and I understand the socioeconomic issues. Right. You know, like I, I, I was, I was. I mean, I know we want to recap some of the other things that happened, but I was on Facebook the other day. Right. And uh, somebody writes in to you know who Talib Kweli is. Unfortunately, yes, I do. 
Well, you know, whatever you think of him. God, but he is such a sucker. For real, straight up. You know what? So, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. So disappointing in him, man. So, so anyway, disappointing. wait a minute. So I'm not, I, I have nothing, I'm not saying anything on that, you know, on that tip, so to speak. But like, somebody writes in and says, um, there's, Eminem was really poor and he didn't have white privilege. So what are you talking about? So Talib Kweli writes in and says, you know, something like, and, and he was very calm, you know, he's very cool. He said, you're wrong. He said, I knew Eminem, I hung out with Eminem and Eminem was very clear. Basically he said Eminem understands that he had white privilege and that, you know, that Eminem talks about white privilege and raps about it. So I think the thing is that what a lot of people don't understand is one privilege is not a substitute for another privilege. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. If just so somebody doesn't have economic privilege, but they can still have skin color privilege. Well, you know what? Like I, man, see, I doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they didn't have struggles. We're not we're not taking it right. away from anybody. We're Ab not taking their struggles Absolutely away. Not. No, like I I think that people. Well, so let me just uh, preface this by by saying I hate the uh, the privilege dis discourse to uh quote the great dr tommy curry because what it me too it, it just from it's for me it's just a soft way of just of just talking about racism white supremacy and it's like you know you have a lot of negroes out out here who are now using that frame of language to talk about you know racism I'm, i mean basically like so the privilege uh so all right and and i and i'll get to Eminem and Talib Kweli in a second, but I don't want to talk about Talib Kweli. No, it's all good. No, it, it's like the privilege thing. Basically, what it says is that, man, oh, oh, wow, like you know, I, you know, you know, like I, uh, I wake up, uh, uh, and I have, and and I have all these goodies, right? And it's like the privilege discourse. It never talks about okay, how did you get them them goodies? How do you keep them goodies? That those are two most important things. So. It never really indicts white supremacy. It just says that it was just this unknown system that just, you know, just came into existence and just granted white people these these special powers or these special, you know, uh, sort of uh, lack of a better term, uh, these uh, special rights that no one has. But it doesn't talk about the origin of it. And it, and it doesn't talk about, well, how are these rights main, rights maintained? And so I, I just feel like that the, the way that we talk about racism, and, and so this is one thing, going back to your original discussion about the conversation about race, for me personally, the thing that I feel like that, that black people do wrong is they want to um, make white people feel comfortable. So they're not going to really keep it all the way live with them. They're, they're going to try to water it down. They're going to try to, you know, soften it up. And I think that that's what is 100% wrong. Like, we're so concerned about feelings here. And, you know, um, there was a young, like, uh, I, you know, going back to the, uh, to the uh, white folks calling police. Like, there was a young man in Portland who the hotel staff called the police on him. He was in a lobby talking to his mother on the phone after a Travis Scott con concert. And so while we're taught, while black folks are worried about 
white people's feelings about them, you know, not getting hurt, yada, 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 we're, you know, white folks are calling the police on us and possibly getting us, getting us hurt and or killed. You know what I mean? So, like, I just, like, whenever people, it's just like the the term POC, right? Like, for some idiotic reason, you know, we bought into this term. I, I, I started to use it in the beginning, when I began to write about racism, but 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 then I had black folks check me. They they was like, hold up, what the fuck is a PLC? Excuse me, excuse me, language. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not a PLC. I'm black. I have a sp- I have a specific um I encounter and I deal with racism in a very specific manner. It's radically different than any other non-white person. Just just like a uh, person of of Latino descent, their their experience dealing with racism is going to be totally different than mine. So for us to lump each other together is just it's lazy. It's it's intellectually dishonest. And I and it's something that, again, like the uh, the the whole discourse on on racism is just watered down. And again, you Sima, I quoted Yvette Carnell. Uh, God, you know, you know everybody's last, quotes. Uh, the last time that I was, well, well, I mean, like, so, like, I, so, like, so, like, I write down quotes, right? You dig, like, yo, like, you know, um, if a quote is dope, I'm going to keep it, um, in, uh, in my, uh, in my phone. And Yvette Carnell said, when you have watered down ideas, you get watered down solutions. So. Because of that, we have to, if we want to really solve this problem of racism, white supremacy, we have to be brutally honest. We have to give y'all 100% of the real. That's not to say to, 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 to be nasty. Like when I, like there's no reason to be enraged. There's no reason to be like, like, you know, cursing, whatever, whatever. whatever. I, I mean, that doesn't solve the problem, but I'm not going to soften my language i'm not going to go out of my way to make you feel at ease when we're talking about what is arguably the biggest problem this world has ever seen i mean man like you 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 got in in some cities like boston black folks in in uh in large are worth five dollars you dig I got 18 in my pocket, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like just as a collective. So when, so when people talk about, oh, well, you know, Eminem didn't, did not have white privilege because he grew up poor. He talks about having white privilege. Exactly. Look, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like a white man without a high, uh, with, with a high school diploma is more than likely uh, able to get a job uh, better than a black man with a bachelor's degree. A white man with a felony, with an F on his grade card, can get a job easier than a black person with an F on their grade card. That's called racism. That's well, like, look, you know, Eminem has had a lot of his a lot of his struggles. Like, I know what it's like to to be to be poor. I don't know what it's like to to have that kind of poverty where you live in a trailer park. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what that, I don't know what that's like, but he's a smart enough person to know that even though I may not be economically as high as a lot of people, I know that I'm still, 
I, I'm, I'm still sitting prettier than a black person. Well, well I think that, well, you, you just made me think of something. You just actually gave me an aha moment. And all right now, aha moment for me was, you know, you were saying that it's not your job to make people feel comfortable. No, not at all. And you know what I realized? It's my job. Absolutely. And when I say say that, I mean that as a white person, I think one way that I've been able to communicate with a lot of white people who... um, maybe had biases or racist or, or had, didn't have even a lot of experience with, with black people or, or any other person of color, is that I talk to people in a way and I could make them feel comfortable so that they could listen to me. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that, so you ju- what you just said that really, um, that, I mean, that, that just really hit, hit a note with me, and I realized, and that's what I do. I mean, that's one of my strengths, is that I can make people feel comfortable if they could hear what I have to say. And the reality is that people listen at first to people who are more like them. It's like, how did 100%. gay marriage get passed? Gay marriage exactly. got passed when straight people got involved. Because straight and, people started really giving a shit, And right? they started talking to other sad, right? straight people. So, and then the other piece when we were talking about privilege, I think that some people, some, some people get privilege, I wanna say that they get it a little bit wrong in that they don't recognize, and I think that, that, that you said this pretty clearly, that there's different kinds of privilege. There's economic privilege. And maybe you may have more economic privilege, say, than somebody who's a poor white person. Right, Ab- so, absolutely. Or you might be a straight man, so you have like heterosexual privilege. And what we're talking about is just having an automatic advantage. Right. But I think that what happens, though, is that at times that some privileges are more either more apparent or have more of a bigger impact than others. So if, say, you're really rich. Right. Well, we know you are, of course. <coughs> And uh, you may have more privilege, and I'm really poor. You may have more privilege than that. You could go buy a first-class ticket. You could go to a lot of different places. However, if we're walking down the street and it's late at night and, there, and, and something has happened, who are the police going to look at? Me? White? Or you? Even if you could be in like a suit and a tuxedo, right. and I could be dressed in as in my schlumpiest clothes, so <laughs> right. I think that that type of privilege—it's kind of like um, I'm going to make up something. It's kind of like a privilege of getting to live your life. Well, I mean, without like, being shot. Privilege. Sure, well, well, I mean, well, that's just that's just called racism. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, like, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 uh, no, I. I totally, I totally agree. Like, I think that um, for me, and 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 this is one thing that I've said probably throughout my in, entire literary car- um, career, summer is like, you know, it doesn't matter how you walk, talk, act, dress. When you are black, you are you are black. So it doesn't matter, you know, if I'm dressed a certain way. Like Martin Luther King was getting the shit kicked out of him, and he was dressed in his Sunday best. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I think that a lot of people. So when, gosh, how can I say this? When you are under 
a system that is so tyrannical, that is so dangerous, you will do whatever you can to uh, to sort of minimize that that damage. So that means talking a certain way, being in certain areas, dressing a certain way, whatever you can do to sort of get the um, get the pressure off of you. And, you know, that may work, that may not work. But at the end of the day, you're still not resolving the big issue because if it doesn't get you, it may get your brother, it may get your friends. So we need to look at it from that angle that like, you know, something that the great Malcolm X uh, said is like, uh, said something to the effect of when black people start acting like if something hurts one black person, it's going to hurt us all. Right. So we need to start thinking of as a collective. I mean, so many black people, you know, are bought into like what my father's always said, like rugged individualism, like, OK, well, you know, um, hey, uh, um, hey, you know, I'm over here. I'm I'm doing good. Um, some some um, I don't know about y'all, but I, I mean, but but see, it's like, you know, uh, a shotgun blast, you know, when it when it when it hits it buckshots. Right. And so the buckshots may not get you but it may get me. And so I need for us to sort of care about each of us as a, as a unit. I want to look at, I want to go back to, cause I know this is, I, you know, I, I have to say, I love having you on the show. And thank, thank you so much. You know, this is always a pleasure. You know, and it's so cool that the way that we met, you just, you, we have the same friend, right? You contacted me. And then we just like connected. Yeah, no, it's and, it's, you know, it's I wonderful mean, how social media works. Yeah, right? and it's really cool. Like, I mean, I'm a lot older than you. Um, I'm white, couple, Jewish. Couple years. Couple yeah, a couple years. years. <laughs> couple years. Gay. You know, you're what? like a heterosexual. I, uh, I could have swore that uh, you were um, a, a foxy straight woman. Uh, I could still be foxy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. And. Um, you know, and and you know, but we have so you know, we have so much in common. You know, we have so many common interests. Absolutely. And I really look forward to having you do you know several more you know lots of more shows oh, with uh, me because uh, you got to have your favorites. Oh yeah, definitely. And, I'm gonna be on here for 2019. And I know, and I want to look at some of the other anywhere. cases. So we had the white woman who called the police on the eight-year-old girl selling lemonade. Uh, uh, permit Patty. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that was in San Francisco, right? Yeah. So it it kind of like this takes off the shroud of San Francisco being this liberal. I guess San Francisco is one of the most racist cities I've ever. I mean, like this is the most racist city I've ever lived in by far. Okay, are we gonna have that discussion again about our whole city's racist? You know, I'm, well, look, I'm 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 sorry, Simo, you're, talk, like, you're saying that the environment. You're saying that the environment. I will say. I will say segregated. This. Oh, super segregated. Oh wait. People will go, how can it be racist? There's no black people. Man, like Portland, holla. Like, you know, like Portland's not supposed to have black folks. But wait a minute, you, but you know, know but I, li I lived in Portland. Have you ever been in Portland? No, you know what? I have I've not been. been whole, I, I've there not used been to be a whole. I lived in the whole. In Northeast Portland. The mm. whole Northeast Portland was mostly black. Shut up. For a poor. Uh, yes. Portland got black folks? Honey, I have so many black friends in Portland. Word. It's insane. Yes. P Town got some I black folks. I lived in Portland okay. for a long time. However, the last time I was in Portland, I'm in the neighborhood that I used mm -hmm. to live. That was like mostly all black. I, I mean, people have dispersed. Sure. And I turned around to my friend. I go, 
where's all the black people? This is kind of like a get out moment. Yo, listen. It, it was kind of weird. Man, but no, but, the, but there was crazy, a whole right? a whole area of Portland. I mean, we had there were barbecue places. I mean, all kinds of things. Not that, you know, not that most of the people aren't white, but the fact is that there was a very, there's a very strong black community in Portland. People who've been in Portland for more than one generation. But so okay, so we had the per, so we had the permit patty, then we had the barbecue Betty, and that was in Oakland. Right. Where we had okay, let's recap what happened. Um, Black folks in o- in Oakland trying to have a good time, grilling it up, you know, eating grilled food, trying to be healthy, and some and a white woman comes along and she's just like, yo, what are you what are you doing? Uh, you, do you, do you have a Permit? Are you supposed to be grilling with charcoal? I mean, it was the wildest shit. Like I was like, and she stayed there for two hours, and then one of the guys, one of the black guys, called. I think it was his wife who was white, and she came down. Oh, uh, a word. And um, she and wow. she videotaped. Dude had a white wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. And right on. So he, but but nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. It was not that she was white. It was just that he called her. She comes down, and she starts following the white uh, barbecue Betty. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's a real ally. See, see, she, see she's video, jumping. She videotaped the whole thing. She's jumping in front of them bullets. See, you know, like uh, the barbecue Betty, she probably thought that, you know, white woman's coming. She got an ally. She got an ally. Yeah, exactly. She, you know, like white exactly. woman switched and, up. Like, yeah, nope, whole, nope. The whole discourse changed when she found out what was happening. <laughs> so then, okay, so then there was that one. Then there was the black woman, I can't remember what state she was in, who was a, campaigning oh yeah uh, i think it was in south carolina i'm, you know, knocking I'm, I'm kidding, oh, kidding, get kidding, out of kidding, kidding. South Carolina. i'm telling you my show you have to listen to my show which is has up today with nika white a black woman in south carolina who talks about all the work she does in okay. south carolina well, you know so right, right, you, you know, have I'm to listen going, to that show and i told her all about you too wow well, that's too uh so i'm already making enemies so <laughs> no she doesn't know you but she'll love you when she meets you so Okay, so then we have that. Then, oh, then we have the kid that with the fourteen-year-old kid or thirteen-year-old kid who's asking for directions, who, who, who got shot. Yeah, shot yeah, uh, you no, know, like man, like I mean, luckily it's so the many... guy went down though. Luckily, yeah, the guy who did the he's shooting, going to prison. He's going to prison. I mean, that's such a like you know, Unusual, it's, it's funny. It's like it that's good. that's such a rarity that uh, that that you know things like things like that happen. Like kind of reminds me of like Jordan Davis. You remember um, the uh, guy uh, forgot the fellow's name, Jordan Davis and his friends. They were in, they were in Florida and they were and they were, and they were playing some music. The, oh. white, the white man was like, "Yo, you need to turn it down." The kids were like, oh, "Fuck you, whatever." And oh, the so, kids didn't even say that. The kids shut. The kids one one kid said, "Let's shut it." Down. Yeah, well, maybe they did, but the kid, one kid said, "Let's shut it down." And so the white man started firing into and into the truck, killing Jordan Davis. Uh, you, you know, like a lot of these things and it's, you know, this is something that, that I wrote about in my, in, in my new piece, like all of these, like calling, calling the police, you know, shooting at, you know, just sort of being very, being very aggressive towards black people who are, you know, hashtag living while black is, uh, is in my opinion, it's all about control, right? So it's not about, oh, you know, they're fearful 
of these black folks like oh no. my yo like you know it's because because i mean look like this is a this is a cultural thing like it's like i own you and absolutely. i don't like the way you're behaving so i'm going to call the police Sima, on you thank you like when so i oh started, wait wait right, shoot. the women who were playing golf too slowly Yes, yes, ma'am. The black women who were playing golf too slowly. Yeah. No, yeah, no. How like, the police call them for playing golf too slowly? I'm, I mean, like there was a uh, there was a guy named named Coupon Carl, like like. Uh, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's like it's uh, someone once said like these police uh, these calls to the police are like uh, racial uh, racial valet service. And it's just like, you know, to the point wow. now where like we can't really do anything. I, I, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And 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 so, you know, I just say to black folks, honestly, you know, um, hold your head, man. I mean, like, you know, these things are going to con- are going to continuously happen. And there's not really anything that, you know, we can really do about it because, I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, society will always side with 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 the white person because black people are supposed to be savages you know we're you know we're supposed to be well you know we got to be doing something wrong right um uh, i mean you know we you know oh. we just can't be um, be just chilling e- e- even if history backs us up you, you know and talk and and the whole economic thing how about that guy um he was like a, a, you know he worked for one of the mayor or, or somebody i mean um mo- he was moving into his House into his right. apartment. Yes, ma'am. I remember that. The police were called on him. Then there were the two black women waiting for triple A. Right. Yes, ma'am. Being called by by these other white women. So you had that. What else? What else happened? Um, what were gosh, the other, yeah, what were no, the other like, like, um, highlights? Um, there's a lot. I mean, gosh, like there was a Cornerstone Caroline uh, in uh, in New York City. Uh, this uh, this woman. Uh, claimed that a young black boy touched her on touched <gasps> her on the rear, oh, yes. and and so she oh. called the police, and and the police found no fault with the young boy, and so she was like, well, you know, she just this cavalry, just cavalcade of just excuses, and you know, it's just stuff like stuff like that, man. I mean, like, and these, that kid, and and she didn't call the police on no doofus kid either. This no. kid was was he this, said no he 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 was on talk show no I will not accept that apology. Well, you know, like he actually uh, his his unfortunately his mom switched up, and she was like, well, you well you know I just wish that um that you know we could all like you know not really care about color, and so whenever I I see black folks you know doing stuff like doing stuff like that i'm I'm just like eh, all right you know yeah but um, look at why she's you know she, she was go along to get along you exactly know I mean? yeah you and know which you is you gotta understand her, where she's coming from but at the same time she didn't the kid still said i don't accept the apology right yeah no like you know um i uh i think the kid did the right thing yeah and uh, and but now um there's been a couple of issues where i'm glad to see that people are stepping up and the police are being called on the harassers uh, when people are overhearing people talking Spanish. And now the other day, somebody was talking Arabic. Yeah. And I'm glad that people at least are. Wasn't it in like a Bloomingdale's or some uh, some kind of department uh, store or something like that? Uh, that was in. A, yeah, there was there was one in the department store. There was one in a grocery store. 
uh, where else? I mean, so but but there's enough of these, and not we're not saying that this is a new phenomenon, but what we're sure. saying is that with social media and that people at least are taking right. videos are being of aware. It. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, people are, and and I think that by people being aware, by people taking videos, you're actually saving lives. Right. Yeah. Because no, you're I, stopping. You're being a witness. I totally agree. And so let's look at if you're a person, especially if you feel like you're a white person, and you witness any of these things, what would you want? Okay, like what would you want? You know, as a black person, not that you're speaking for all black people, of sure, course, right, speaking just for you. What would you want someone to do? I want. Uh, I would want white people to shut them down. Like, you, like, like, what would you want? What would you want? Okay, instead of like all white people. Okay, like there's five white people and um, or one white person, or whatever. Right. And you're being accused of something. You know, like you were walking down the street with your hands in your pocket, sure, you or, know, or something just, like that. Just cool and living. Something yeah. dangerous. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> what would you want me? I'm there. You don't know me, or even if right. you know me. Because you can still know me and I could still you know, get scared and walk away. So what would you want me to do? So this is a shout out to everybody who wants to do something. So what would you want people to do? Let's tell people what we would want them to do. Let's if, help uh, if I Let's were in a, them out. If I were in a, a situation and I was speaking another language and somebody just started to just com- complain and, and just sort of act up or so? or No, you're a black person and, 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 and you're walking down the street and... Um, somebody calls the police on you because your hands are in your pocket. What actually, you know, essentially what that really, you know, I was looking at some of these places where these things happen, you know, because like there's different phenomena. And most of these incidents where it was like walking down the street with hands in pocket, asking for directions, it was usually in a white neighborhood, a more white neighborhood, where a black person was in that neighborhood. And for me, the underlying message was... What you doing in this neighborhood? Exactly, you do not belong here. But um, so, but okay, but I'm there. Sure. And I see, or or you, you know, what what do you want a white person to do? Or you know, I you're would, mowing in the lawn, somebody's lawn, and somebody calls the police on you for mowing the lawn. I would want, uh, I would want white, I would want a white person to jump off the porch to uh, go over to the police officer and to explain that I was not committing any crime, I was not in commission of a crime, I was not. Uh, doing any harm I'm just here to do my job or I'm just passing through um, this person is not suspicious um, this young man is uh, is, sim- is simply minding his own business or doing what he is paid to do he is not a threat uh, and no one is afraid of him the people who did call the police on him uh, this is a racist act you know, I, 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 I want people to, I'm, I'm sorry, I want white folks to own it. Like, yo, listen, like, you know, this is some racist stuff that, that, we, that we do. Like, it's just, I, again, Summer, it, it, this, is, this is all about control. This isn't about any, any like, there's no, like, how, how do you, so, how do you fear us when, We've been on the receiving end of so much carnage, of so much violence. Like I don't, like I don't quite under understand it. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, black folks' home, like whole towns, have been destroyed because of an accusation from a white woman. 
So like, you, let, you know what I mean. So let's. Sorry. I want to. I want to drill down to be, get to get to get even to get personal. Sure. Because you're say you're well, you are a black person, but you're a black person, and um, you're being harassed by a white person for maybe you know they're saying that you're mowing your lawn too loud, you know, because people have been called the police, and then I'm another white person. And I'm the neighbor. And you and I have had interaction. So what would you want me to say to the white person who's complaining about lawn, mowing the lawn? I want you to come outside. I, uh, I want you to ask him, why are you bothering my friend? What, uh, what has he done wrong to you? Why do you have a problem with him being here? Um, all he is doing is, is simply mowing the lawn. Why, uh, why are you bothering him? Like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean... If you can like notice, like all I did was I just had the per- I advised person to just ask questions, right? Ask questions, ask questions, ask ask questions, in- instead of uh, just sort of like being in- instead of uh, you know statements like you know I'm just just simply ask and just have them stay in what we call the question lane. Have them have them stay in the question lane, so so to where they have to. Uh, they have to I- explain why why they are doing this. Like you know, so you know, give me um, give me an explanation so I um, so um, so I can tear that apart, so I can shred that up. Now, when was the time that even if nothing happened to you, but when was the time when where were you when you felt scared? Um, man, well, when you felt like, uh oh, I better be careful because something could jump off. Uh, man, like, uh, you know, we discussed this the last time. I mean, <clears throat> you know, like any, any, you know, like a lot of times, you know, like when I'm in like these, uh, these white bars, you know, like these predominantly white bars, just, you know, I call them bro, call them bro bars, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's just like a lot of white guys, a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, testosterone could be looking for the first negro to like just pummel and but in a, in a serious no what I'm, i mean i haven't really i mean i guess like jail i mean because you know anything could just jump anything can jump off i mean like uh or just honestly driving i mean like you know whenever i'm whenever i'm pulled over like i just i don't know like you're know, like if i'm uh, if i'm gonna make it you you know what I mean like yeah like you you never know I mean it, it it could be the flip of the coin, like there was a time uh, when I first moved to the Bay Area I finally moved to San Francisco I was living in the outer living in the outer sunset right, and so I had um, drove to uh, gosh what is the name of the I think it's a safe I think it's safe I think it's Safeway right so. I'm in Safeway, you know, you know, getting, you know, getting my groceries, you know, what I mean, probably getting like some protein, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I parked a little too close this woman, or I don't know what, I don't know why she just had a, had an attitude and she started jumping out and she's like, well, you know, we just kind of start going, going back and forth. And she said the words, uh, if you don't be careful, I'm gonna call the police. And I was like, "Wow, you're like." And I didn't even do anything. Like I wasn't. I mean, I guess I'm I'm aggressive by uh, by nature because I'm black. But it was the scariest. Wait scary, a minute. It was, it was, it was, ugh, I know. Stop I, that. I, uh, I know, right? I'm I'm just you know, I'm just spinning. Uh, 
spinning false, and spinning false, spinning, spinning lies. And, 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 you know, and you're not aggressive, so go ahead. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm like a teddy bear, yo. I'm from South Side I'm Canada, probably more Canada. aggressive Canada. than you are, so go you, ahead. Uh, you know, I, I would uh, I would tend to agree, um, Sima. I'm from Kansas City, home of, <laughs> of cows and barbecue, and you are from the Bronx. Yo, listen, she's not from, like, any like ordinary part of New York. She's from the, she's but from wait, the BX. finish telling your story. <laughs> so anyway, so this woman, um, she's like, you know, if, 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 if you don't, uh, if, if you don't quit, I'm, I'm going to call the police. And I was like, and, and I stopped, you know, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, yo, like you, you like, you know, what could happen? I mean, literally I froze up because I knew that if the police came you know, this is a very small white white woman, old, older. You know, and you know, uh, there's a history between black men and white women being in danger. Like white women can weaponize themselves towards towards us, and so I knew that if this went any further, this could end up bad. So I just acquiesced to like you know whatever whatever she wanted. Like I shrunk myself to make herself feel comfortable and it was i never forget that i'll never well i can't say that i won't do it again because again this is my life but yeah no like that stuff happens all the time it's 100 percent real but it must have been really painful especially afterwards thinking about it yeah no you know um i just you know i thought about it a, a, a lot I'm, i mean you know i i still think about it you know what i mean because it's like wow like you just I mean, there's a lot of power in, you know, saying that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to call the police because I mean, it's, 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 it's such a coward move, man. It's like, you, you know, I believe that most problems can be, uh, can be resolved by talking. There's very few, um, situations that have to be escalated to physical violence. And there's even fewer, uh, situations that have to be, you know, escalated to calling the authorities. You you know, I mean, the police have never been a friend to black people ever. ever. I mean, they 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 originated from slave patrols. So, you know, and like racism is something that is uh, to quote Michelle Alexander, the new Jim, new Jim Crow. It's a di- it's a dynamic or- organism like it changes from generation to generation. So while we don't have the black codes, which is just a simply a set of laws that were used to govern black folks, such as, you know, you can't be out sundown laws. Ex- yeah. As you know, it's a, uh, you know, it was related to sundown towns. It's like, you know, you have to be, um, gainfully employed. Otherwise we will arrest you for loitering. And then it changed to, you know, the, the, the civil rights and Jim Crow. And, and now instead of, uh, Slavery. We have twenty. We have twenty-first century slavery, which is uh, which is mass incarceration. And so, yeah, you know, that's uh, this is what's uh, you know, this is what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that when you look at it, if you said that you had to kind of make yourself small, right? So she wouldn't feel threatened by you, right? It, it, Exactly. And 
I read. Did we did we talk about the book Whistling Vivaldi? Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, we did. That's that's. You know what? I thought about that though. Like that's so crazy. It's like, you know, let me totally disarm you. Like like I'm one of the good ones. Like I have no. I mean, that's basically you're, you're walking down the street and saying. I am not a threat because I know how to whistle Vivaldi. Like, this, it's ridiculous. You know, and so if everybody thinks that way, and then that becomes the norm, and then that further, you know, and then, I mean, I, I, just, I just think about how, how, how horrible that is. You know? I right. Mean, and, and but we're talking about and and you're talking about like your life. Yeah, no, it's, it's. I mean, you're talking about you're talking. We're talking about lives here. We're talking about life and death here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's real. Like you know, this is. I mean, this is this is no joke. Like I'm, I'm I mean, you're like this is my like the the this you know this is black folks' lives, man. Like just you know, stop calling the police. I'm, I mean. You know, we're pretty peaceful people. I mean, you know, yes, you know, we get heated when when we play spades and you know, which by which by the way, uh, black folks, I don't know how to play spades. I just I just just don't I don't do the card game. Really 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 you know how to play spades? I have. I well that, but I got ti- I have to tell you, I got tired of cards. Like one time yeah, I, we I had know. a bid whisk game at my house. Wow. And then we just decided we're tired of That's this. That's KC talk. And we walked out of the house. We left and left everybody else playing wow, cards. Wow, so, well, so you just got so frustrated. Like, you know what? I just said, This I shit ain't for me no more. No, but no, then no, actually no. I was at a party a couple of weeks ago and I and I got roped back into playing. So Are you serious? <laughs> but, but that's the old folks thing too. I mean, young people don't really play cards. No, like, you know, um, no, you know, we really don't. I mean, like, well, I mean, I'm gosh. Well, you're not one of the. I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm, younger I'm, than you even. I'm, I'm but, 40. I know. I'm not I, but you know, I, I know that. I know that. Uh, I know that it's time to uh, to get out of here. Um, Sima, I, uh, so really quick, uh, sort of a lightning lightning round. Somebody's what, calling us. Really? Yeah. Oh well, they hung up. What did you oh think God. about? Um, Hello, somebody calling the show. Pick, pick it up. Hello, are you calling the show? Wow, we may have a caller. What is she talking about? No, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that you're calling to tell us how much you enjoy the show. That's what's up. All and right. Yeah, we're really happy to hear we that. We got some fans, and, um, y'all. Call us back. What is the person's All name? Right. Bye. Okay. Hey, is you know. Well, that's cool. We you know we, we live in a random live life. Stream from because yeah. the show is live streamed from Radio Mutiny here that's in San right. Francisco. Yeah, yeah this is, And uh, if you want to hear the show live, just tune in Radio Mutiny FM from uh, ten to twelve. We're usually we're talking from about ten ten to eleven eleven fifteen on Mondays. Sima Lieberman, the inclusionist. So, Laurent, I know we just started our conversation, but so we'll have to um, TBC to be continued. Yes. Um, I just wanted to ask you, so uh, you have been hiking, listening to, in my opinion, who is the greatest rapper to ever live, O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube. 
his new album, um, Everything's Corrupt. What do you uh, What do you think? I love it. I love it. Um, I know. Okay, I like the new Funkadelic, but I understand why it might not be your favorite. Right. You know, it's just like I mean, you're kinda, like I, I understand, but I, I love like Parliament. The beat. I love Parliament. Right. I mean, I like it, but then again, I'm older. You know. <laughs> I'm I'm older. I'm white. I I don't know. <laughs> you know what, Simba? But I'm I really sorry. Li- you know, but I really I really like. But I really like. Li- I love 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 the message, and I like hip hop, and I especially like, um, you know, hip hop that has that has messages. Like exactly. I like the indies. Yeah. Um, and I like. I mean, and I like all kinds. I was just listening to we we listened to uh, what was it. Oh, Russian Russian rap the other day. It was pretty cool. Russian rap? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was pretty well, cool. What was it like, though? I'm just curious. It had a really good beat. It was a little bit different. It had a really good beat, and, and somebody was translating for me, you know, because I don't speak Russian. Uh, uh, were they talking about, like, the struggle and, and, and Putin and all that, good, all that good, good stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. But not, not too intense, you know, because, you know, they don't, you know, they wanted it live. Yeah. But they wanted, but. Yo, like, shout out to Pussy Riot, like, you know, three of the most bravest souls in the in the world like i man you know i i love them girls you're like straight up like you're like that's real bravery like you know that's that's not tweeting a hashtag that's like putting it all on 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 the line and saying you know what i'm i'm a i'm a i'm gonna go to jail for what i believe in and so you know and I also listen, but I listen to, like, I like Hosier. I listen to him. I mean, I listen to all kinds of music. I mean, every genre. I'm, I'm into every, every, every genre. I don't really know a lot about metal, but, you know, right. there's some that I think is pretty cool from what I've heard. So I know you got to go. We got to, it's time to close. So uh, last minute shout outs. To, no, not shout outs. No shout outs. Just last minute um, message, but also how can people reach you? Yes, ma'am. Uh, my name is Laron Barton. You can reach me www. Wait for it. LaronBarton.com. That's L-E-R-O-N-B-A-R-T-O-N. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mainline Laron. I have an Instagram at Laron L. Barton. And I have a professional Facebook writing page. It's uh, Facebook.com forward slash Laron L. Barton. I'm always down for a conversation. Uh, you know, similarly, like, this is just always been a great time you know what i mean like just how you know we're we're just just busting it up and just you know the friendship's growing and you know i'm really excited to know you and cannot wait to come back here again you know what like like one of my goals this is gonna be so totally off the subject but uh i thought about the first time that we interviewed and we were in berkeley right and so, like, one of my goals next year is to see if I can interview, like, Alice Waters. Oh, I'm you, sure you uh, I bet you can. Yeah, uh, like, you know. Uh, She's down the street. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, like, you know, uh, Michelle, uh, my, uh, my, my, my lady's like, oh, my gosh, she, she's so amazing. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I, like, I'm, you know, being with, being with Michelle, one of the things that it is, is, like, she got me into, like, fine dining. And it's like, you know, like the you know, like the Mich- you know, like the Michelin star stuff. Um, Are you guys are foodies too? Uh, she's a uh, she's a foodie. I'm kind of learning. So, oh, I have uh, to meet her. Uh, yes, man. Oh, uh, uh, oh my god, absolutely. I mean, like, um, are, do you, do you eat meat? Yeah. Oh, uh, great. 
Everybody thinks I don't. Yeah, yo, I look I, like a, I look, you like, look like a vegan. A, a, a vegan, yes, I've you been do. veganistic. You do I'm yoga. veganistic. I eat a lot of tofu. I don't cook meat because I'm not that. I'm much better at cooking tofu, but I do eat meat. Great. All right, cool. Because man, like so many of my so many of my folks are like vegetarians. Like I'm just like yo, like what's wrong with y'all? Like that's the whole other thing. Somebody once told me they thought that only white people were vegetarians. Oh I my said, god. Wait a minute. The Jesus. first vegetarians I ever met were black people because they got me into eating brown rice. There is a young lady, uh, her name is Genesis Carter. Shout out to Mallory, um, wonderful, wonderful young lady I met through Michelle. She put me on to this woman, this young girl named Genesis Carter. I think she's like 15, 16 years old. She's like a vegan. Like, I mean, see, like that's like that's freedom because in my house, in my household, you either ate what my mom cooked you, or you just didn't, you just didn't, didn't eat. Like I could never like fix my face and, and tell my mom, mother, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not eating bacon, or I'm not eating, you know, ham, hamburger helper tonight. Like yo, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't eat meat. She'd be like, all right, well, all right, well, you know, you about to go on that Jenny Craig, you about to starve. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying, like. I just like it's like it amazes me, yo. Like when I hear about, it. and it's like, and and this is, and man, that's a California thing. I'm sorry, like KC, like we just didn't do no shit like that. Like you're KC barbecue. Come on now. Yeah, like best. Barbecue well, wait a ever. minute. Okay, Laurent. Yes, I, I know you said you got to go. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna sign off. Yes. yes I want to say thank you, Laurent Barton, for being on my show again. Yeah, yeah. And this is Sima Lieberman, The Inclusionist, with Everyday Conversations on Race for Everyday People, where we bring people together across differences to have cross-conversations about race to show people that it can be done. And please go to www.raceconvo.com and download more episodes or download from iTunes also. We like to have downloads from iTunes. And... If you want to spread our message of bringing people together to have comfortable conversations about race, because they can be comfortable, then please share the show with everybody that you know who believes in the message. And if you really want to see us sustain, then please leave a small donation or a large donation. Oh, and if you give us a review on iTunes, I will donate one dollar i'm not telling you what to say bad or good i don't care um i will donate one dollar for every donation to colorofchange.org great it's a great organization thank you this is sima lieberman the inclusionist signing off until next time and our next show is going to be about latinx let's do it fantastic show as always always, uh, i gotta run to the restaurant I'll, 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 I'll be right back. Of course, I didn't put in my intro and outro because I just did not know how to do it myself. I just have to wait. Okay. Ooh, the recording looks good. Okay, now. Save. As. What's today's date? December. December 31st. December. December 31st, 1-8, oh, 
I don't know what happened, but he did. There's something I forgot to do, but I didn't impact, I don't think it impacted anything, but maybe it did. It was something I forgot to do when I came in here, and I don't know what it was, but. Sima, uh, you know, like I, I got two really cool videos of you that I'm that I'm gonna put up probably on the second. Oh, good. I want you to show me how to do everything. I, sure. you know what? I'll even take you out to lunch if you will, That's fine. If you That's ever fine. have, do you ever have like an hour and a half to yeah. spare to give me to help uh, me? Uh, yes. Uh, to uh, show me things. Matter of fact, hey, do you uh, do you have uh, do you have um, Instagram? Yeah, but I don't really know how to use it. Girl, all right, look. I mean, I know how to put pictures on we Instagram. Are, we are going to have to, um, are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, of course, I'm on everything. I all just right, don't so, know how to be strategic about it, but I just really want you to show me. And oh, I all right, so you, you um, we should, uh, we should really, like, yo, uh, uh, and you're like, two of these videos, I think you should really put them up on LinkedIn. I want to know how to put it on Instagram. I want to know right, how to definitely. do all of that. All right, cool. We could do that, yeah. Oh, you know, when I read for this magazine, I, I didn't pay that much. It's only $100 an article. All right, cool. Uh, what is it but called? It's called Multibriefs. But I'm wondering if there's anything that, that I, I'm going to send you the link, and maybe you could take a look and say, hey, you know, I want to write for mine. No, I don't. Uh, uh, what's it called? Multi what? Multibriefs. And it's about business stuff. Oh, uh, all right. But it's, um, and, oh, what's a nice bag? Well, where, are you going? where are you going now? Um, I'm getting ready to go back to work. What, what do you do again in the uh, uh, network engineer. What is the uh, thing going? Um, I, yeah, I just pretty much, I, I pretty much, main, pretty much maintain a network. What are you doing? Uh, uh, what are you doing tonight? Are you, are you going to stay in? Or? I think so. Really? Okay. You know, I'm invited. Did you know Barbara? No, you probably don't know her. She's from a hundred black women. Um, uh, my friend Barbara invited me to dinner at her house. I may go to. Then I was invited to a dance. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna go to the dance. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I would like to see you date somebody. Um, I would too. Don't you know anybody? Uh, my age. Older, you, you know what? No one, uh, like no one that good looking. They don't have to be good looking. Girl, yes, they do. No, they yes. don't. And I, I have to you know, tell you, I have to call your friend Karen Fleshman. She, she did something that I thought was just, oh. Really? Yeah. Uh, the article. Fucked up. Like, don't tell me what's anti-Semitic. No, yeah. No, yo, you know what? Um, she's she's been getting a lot of pushback. You know, I called her and I was like, you know, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the one I oh, mean. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so I liked what she had to say. I, I, uh, I agree with you. And I told her, I was like, you know, I don't like how you lay the blame on Russians. Like on Russians, and the thing is, whack. you know, and the thing is, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I know you got to go. People are making this about. It's getting ridiculous because I think that some of the stuff that's behind this are just a very right-wing Jewish establishment. Absolutely. And they work very closely with the, with the Christian evangelical right. Zionists. And they even have a list. They put people's names on the list. And they get, it's a whole thing. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Please but, do, yeah. But, and the thing about the march is that, yes, you have to acknowledge Farrakhan is anti-Semitic, but guess Absolutely. what? He's irrelevant. Farrakhan Absolutely. is not a white superb. Has anybody ever died from what Farrakhan said? Yo, you know not what? that I know of. You should write about that. Like, yo, like honestly, you're like, I think it should come from a Jewish woman and be Absolutely. like. And I have written about it. And the thing is, I don't know Tamika Mallory, 
I don't. Linda Sarsour, I know she's not an anti-Semitic. She's done right. so much. For, she's really cool. She always speaks about anti-Semitism. Speaking of me, I don't know. She sounds a little ignorant. I don't know. But she's probably not. She must be really smart. But, but her response was kind of like talking about Jesus or something. I'm like, come on. Really? really? You know, this is in the beginning. She, she invoked Jesus? Come yeah. On. But I think, but now, I know that these women have been getting together with yeah. some other Jewish women and sitting down and talking. But what happens is then you have somebody like Karen Fleshman, who's like... Who's not Jewish. Who's not Jewish. And also, you know, sometimes you have like the, some white people who are like, and I'm going to follow people of color. I'm like, who? Ben Carson? Yo, you know what's... Man, Candace like, Owens? <laughs> Yo, real. Hey, uh, let's uh, uh, let's get together uh, within the next week or so, so uh, so we can go over like go over like some social media stuff. All right. I really need the help. Uh, I would uh, love it. Of course. You I, promise? Uh, uh, yes, I, absolutely. Not. And I'll and, and I'll tag you all the stuff that I that I. Oh, and that, what's your friend Steve Embers? The one who says that black people are smarter than everybody, and I'm like, oh, white guy, please. I don't really know him too well. He's a Yes, yes. But they mean well. But that's yeah. the thing. But people mean well. So that's what's important. Then we have to like, like, I make mistakes, but I mean well. Right, yeah. He, yeah, you know, that I, I, I didn't see that comment, but I was like, I don't know. You know I haven't talked to you about my son. He's going through an identity crisis. Like, as far as like. You know, I don't know I told you. You know, my son was, my, my late partner was African American. And um, my son. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, mo and most of our lives have been around, we're, we're very, you know, my life has been very immersed in African American. It's like right. my second comfortable culture. And, but I know you gotta go. No, 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 let's hold that thought, go to the dance, find some, send one. It's a straight, this year. straight, it's a narcotics anonymous dance. Now, you know what happened to you, are Uh, briefly. Do what? Uh, just, you know, like, fighting, like, drunk, fighting, drunk driving, baby. You? Vagrancy, all uh, no, come all on. Lots, 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 lots of shit. Like enough to not say it personally. Wait, really and truly, you really enjoy more than one time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh, would you come on my show? Want to have my friends who are ex felons on the show? I would love. Well, one, one to. I, I would love. Uh, I would love to do that. We're talking about the, the school to prison pipeline. I would. I would love. Uh, because I think we may have three guests. All right.
That old fake ass bitch ass coffee. <laughs> like an espresso, don't they? Yeah, it's like it's like two shots in the thing. They take it to the head. You know you did that. Another thing is, you don't. 
there's a different kind of coffee culture over there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I like the sophisticated. It feels more sophisticated, oddly. I'm like holding a small ass cup with the with the with a saucer. Yeah. And spoon. It's not like you're drinking coffee or you're drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drink cups, cups, cups of coffee to go. You sit, you sit, stand at the bar, you drink that, you, drink yeah. that, you leave it, and then you go. Yeah, it's, your hands are free. It's a lot more, you don't look like a lug. It's a lot more laid-back culture. You look like a monster with some fucking dumb cup after you've, like, <laughs> after you've had some hot fu- like, sip. Yeah. And you're holding, you're holding the sauce. I don't know why, but for every, whatever, everybody holding the saucer... In their other hand, you don't have to. Yeah, no. You can you can leave the saucer on. There's a table in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You hold the whole thing. Like it's a piece. Like it's a whole thing. It's like it's an. Yeah. Like it like it's an auditory thing. Like you have to hear the clink. Holding like on the one side the saucer, the other side is like this little. Yeah. It's like two things. Yeah. It's almost like ritual. It's like it's like a fucking. It's like you do what everybody else does. Yeah. You have you don't have your hands free. Yeah. It's something where you just take your time, you sip it, and then you and you go. Yeah. It's like we're here in America, we take it and we're on the go. We have a coffee. It's your multitasking horseshit. Yeah. We're about to go. We need to go. We need to go places. That's a different vibe. They ain't worried about lids there, bro. They don't need plastic lids. They're not going to pollute the environment. They're just going to sip the motherfucker and go. They're not really like all about. Yeah. You know, if you need to go somewhere, you need to go somewhere. You'll get there. You'll get there. It's not going anywhere. That's kind of how the Europe thing. Is. Yeah. Like Europe has been there for a long time. Yeah. Whereas the United States, we've been hustling, bustling for two hundred years. That's right. Yeah, and they they've got they they've got fucking mailboxes sitting over there that are older than this country. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of, there's certain kind of things that I appreciate here in the United States. Yes. Like clean water. Yeah, absolutely. All right, look, wider roads. How'd you like all the? How'd you like all the fucking tires? Rome, Rome had two lanes going into the city. Yeah, capital city of Italy. Two lanes going into it. How do you? How do you like? How do you do that? Well, they're saving the world on fucking rubber because the tires are about the size of fucking. We're driving this huge tour bus, and we've got the wheels the size of a watermelon. <laughs> How they, can sneak into they are gangsters. Because like their streets look they like alleys. They are the wheel yeah, okay. dude. It, the fucking street. For sure, for sure. Now, why do you think they like those movies? Why do you think fucking what is that? Formula One is so oh, big over there. <laughs> That's to be the real speed. International speed. Speed three in Italy, right? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'm shocked they didn't do that. I'm shocked there isn't. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's in Italy though. But like, they're famous for like making a. No, but they they make they they're famous. They're super famous. The Italian film. Yeah, we have everything for sure. No, yeah, yeah, not no, but the Italian film uh, tradition almost is super famous for making like 
sort of expensive looking movies on a shoestring budget. That was like all those Sergio Leone films, yeah, stuff like that, and set this. But Sergio Leone didn't really set his films in Italy. Like, well, they're set in America, quote unquote, but they're made in Italy. They're made in Italy, but not necessarily in the city. Yeah, but you wouldn't make. Speed was on a highway. I'm talking about a tour bus. Tour bus is on a. Car chase. Yeah, but we're, we can't put tour bus in. Like horses and planes. The, the theme of speed is it has to stay above a certain miles an hour. You can't. Yeah. You can't have it in a city. No, you can't. That's what I'm saying. So it has to. Yeah, we're not doing that in the, the problem is the the whole tension is you're you're running into Rome in that two lane highway. <laughs> that's your. That's your. You see what I'm saying? That's that's your. That's your red line is Rome. If they hit Rome, they're all dead. Steps, right? Yeah. Like walk on them because you will fall a thousand fucking feet. How do you like the Colosseum and with those big ass holes? It, it looked a lot smaller from the outside. We didn't need to go in. <laughs> you didn't? How do you like them big ass staple looking holes that they pulled out for World War Two? Those big ass holes in the side that look like staples, like someone removed staples from the Colosseum. I, didn't, I don't know which side. It was just kind of the like whole goddamn thing. I just saw. It. I'll show you a picture. I'm not gonna show the listeners the pictures because they can't really see it. But I just like the idea, like the Colosseum. You see, this is the version. I, this is the Colosseum I saw. Yeah. I don't know what you mean, like the staples. There's big ass holes. When you look close. See all them fucking holes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are all big ass, like, is bigger than this council. You gotta protect it for it's been there for a while. No. Break down. Right? Well, obviously not. They pulled those out in World War II. Those aren't there. Those are empty holes. Those are empty holes from when they pulled them out to melt down for cannonballs and shit or whatever the fuck they were using. It's so wild. Like. Those fucking cities have been bombed and people like those <clears throat> You can it's a palpable sense of history you can feel there. It's like really fucked up. It's gorgeous. Like when I went to Paris, I remember going to the Moulin Rouge. That's what you made me think of when you said Yeah. Now that was actually surprisingly smaller than I thought it would be when I saw it. But that was before the movie came out and all that shit. But I liked it and it was cool. And uh, we got a half a bottle of champagne and shit. We went to the Pierre Lachaise Cemetery and saw like Gertrude Stein and uh, what's the what's his name? The writer Oscar Wilde, Jim Morrison, all those fucking people are all there. Um, just gorgeous. Like I really like. You know, it's one of the reasons I think going there when I was like a like a late teen i think i was 18 when i went um going there like really made me want to get the fuck out of michigan and come to a place like san francisco like with its diversity and like the hills and shit it reminds me of italy so much the weather like it it really it's the closest it's the closest i've seen in america i've seen personally to italy is like the san francisco bay area just like yeah, yeah the spanish steps is forbidden to damage disfigured write or draw by any kind oh of yeah or instruments. yeah make the public property dirty yeah you're not allowed to eat or drink of course you can't stand on the stairs during the cleaning ball what's up yo what's happening what's happening man you cannot shout 
Yeah. You cannot sing. You can't squall. You can't what? Squat? Squall. 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 What's that mean? I don't know. Oh. You're not allowed to squall on the Spanish steps. I have no idea what it means to squall, but I was like, you, I know, you gotta be aware. S Q U A. You gotta be aware. You cannot squall on the Spanish steps, bro. No squalling. And by the way, hi, G. Sorry, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't seen Lou forever. Yeah, that's no! fine. Sorry, it's all good. away from the mic. It's, it's all good. They can't hear him anyway. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. Seven facts about the Spanish steps. No, no, that's just a rule. What does it mean to squall? I'm trying to find out. It doesn't fucking. There's no. What, to be used to verb, it means to cry or scream loudly or violently. Okay. Screaming tone. You cannot scream. No. Why didn't you say no screaming? They say you can't squall. Instead of uh, instead of Paul Wall, I could be Paul Squall. There you go. <laughs> not Paul Scream. <laughs> no, technically it's not. Not in Italy, Not apparently you can you can you can you you can scream, but you can't squall. I don't even know if I'm spelling squall right. <laughs> I did it. I did it with two L's. Yeah, it's a squall. And it just says squall on Spanish steps, and it's just like you can't scream. You can't. You can't. You can't sing. You can't sing on the Spanish steps. That's what it is. They don't want you up there acting like your fucking two dollar Pavarotti ass in 1986 at the McDonald's and shit talking about. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Shut the fuck up. Nah, B. Awesome because there was this guy who played the violin perfectly so well. It was it was actually it was great. And then we went to Rome and this guy was like doing the same thing. And then we realized up close, I realized up close, he's playing one note and just playing this around. The guy was totally fake. There's some bitch ass Spanish steps and washed. The guy was totally getting the money, but he's just playing like one string. There's some old bust ass Spanish steps in Washington D.C. too. <laughs> And he was doing it perfectly. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was just playing off a recording. I was gonna say. <laughs> he's playing one note, but he's playing it down perfectly. He played that one note like a motherfucker. Like it was nobody's yeah, business. By the by the like, is it is my speaker on perfectly? Okay, I gotta get it right. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. There's only one way to skin a cat. Blame it yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear? You know, Trump just decided he's like he's gonna be like the wicked witch. He's afraid of water because you know he could melt. Yeah. See, that's what I thought a squall was. When I think of squall, I think of a storm. Yeah, I know. No storming. Oh, yeah, yeah. No storms. You can't bring. Uh, you can't yeah. Bring uh, storms uh, onto the steps. Yeah. Sudden disturbance or commotion. Yeah. To blow as no a squall. Commotions on the steps. Ah, well, that's why, see? It's first recorded in 1690 to 1700. What was? What was? The origin of squall. Squall? Squall! Squall! As a verb, to cry or scream loudly and violently. Is it, is it, a, is it a Greek? Is it a French word? Hmm, let's find out. Squall. <laughs> Don't you wish your boyfriend was squall like me? Squall. All right. <laughs> Origin of squall. 1625 to 35 raps. <laughs> Old Norse scalva. All right. Uh, 
No squalls. That's so funny. We're out on that. Fuck that. That's our leaving line. We're out on no squalls. Fuck that. Have a good night, y'all. We're going to bring up this. Oh, it's a normal.